All right, boys and girls. I know you didn't get up on a Sunday morning just to sit around and be bored. So we're going to do some fun stuff this morning. No jumping jacks. No rolling in the aisles unless the Holy Spirit shows up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, he is here. You guys can stand up. Why don't you stand up? I'm not going to just like ramble and drag this out. So, yes, the Holy Spirit is in the room. Once you walked in this room, his presence even increased more. So, thank you guys for being a part of Legacy City Church family and carrying the treasure of heaven into this room and into our city. And as you know, it's our desire that all of us awaken and come alive into all that Jesus paid for. You know, he died on the cross. He paid the highest price to give you a new life and a new identity and a relationship with with himself and a relationship with the Father in the Holy Spirit. So we have this treasure inside of us. We have Holy Spirit in us. He's alive. He's kicking. He wants to get out. So as we worship today, it's our opportunity to fill the atmosphere with high praises, fill the atmosphere with with worship and declarations of who God is, who he is to us. We just get a love on him, and as we do that, the word of God tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. He comes and he inhabits our praises. I wish I could see it. Maybe he'll show me this morning as we worship. But I just pray that, that you guys would get that revelation as well as myself, that when we worship, the atmosphere around us is shifting, that heaven is open, that through the cross, we have an open heaven over our lives. Everywhere we go, there is a, health, a perfect health zone. I like to declare that. So we just speak that over anyone this morning who's got that icky stuff trying to get on them. And yeah, just brush it off. Brush off the critters, anything that tried to stay attached to you on the way in. Yeah, I think we're ready. So I put together a a declaration this morning, something that we could kick ourselves off in worship with. Apparently, Marilyn's uh, shofar-blowing friends didn't show up, and I thought, we could have them get on each side of the room and just blast the trumpets, but maybe next time. That's right. So, so the angels are going to blow the shofars as soon as we say yes and amen to our declaration. But I, I got this declaration. I shared it with some of our church group. Not that. <laughs> Marilyn, you didn't fill her in on... That's a good word right there. So, so the ladies back there have this pr- prophetic word from Teresa. Teresa wrote this down before she left Bremerton on September 15th and handed it to me and said, just take your time, read it. It's for the church. So I went ahead and I put it on on some slides, and we'll look at it later on. I feel like it's a a really good word for us to grab hold of. I also made some copies of it. Speaking of prophetic words and reading things, I shared it with our Facebook group that there was this prophetic word that came from Doug, Doug Addison. Doug Addison. And, you know, if you know anything about him, he'll throw little, like, fortune cookie words out there, just like a little good word for the day. This was something uh, lengthy, and I thought I I wanted to read it. And as I read through it, he talked about his encounter with the Lord, that he felt God is going to be releasing something from the heavenlies into the earth, into the lives of believers. Something about this, uh, in between these Jewish festivals, you have Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. No, I'm not speaking in tongues, kids. Just those are some holidays. And there's this window between the two holidays. The next one comes on Wednesday. So between the two holidays, he felt that there's this window open. But he didn't want to put it on a timeline. But we'll start out by just making some declarations. I feel like as you guys see these declarations you will say, those are good words. It's nothing unusual. It's nothing unbiblical. It's actually very uh, solid truth. So we'll, we'll go through this together, and then we will pray and worship. All right, here we go. Ready, guys? <clears throat> Father God, as your sons and daughters, we declare today the season of being hidden is over. We know who we are and who we belong to. We are new creations in Christ, 
filled with Holy Spirit power. We are your representatives. Strategies and assignments are being released from heaven. The angelic realm has been put on alert. The wilderness days are ending. The dark night of the soul is over. We will receive a double portion blessing instead. We are learning to hear your voice more clearly. Visions and dreams will increase. The heavens are opened. New angels are being released. Since God is for us, nothing can be against us. So, Father God, we just come into your presence this morning as your sons and daughters purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And we come into your most holy place by his blood, by the blood of Jesus, the new and living way that was opened for us through the veil of the temple, through the curtain, which is his broken body. And this morning, we recognize the price that was paid. We will take communion later and remember it even more fully, Lord, but we rejoice in the cross. We rejoice in what you've done for us. And this morning, we choose to offer up thanks and praise for all of your goodness and all of your great love that you've poured out on us. We come this morning to give you the praise in Jesus' name. morning kings and kings and kings and hey we do it with the seahawks let's do it with the word thank you lord in the in the prepping of this we were just uh, talking about has provided for us and just in my own personal uh, worship time what I've um, come to understand is that the Lord is so absolutely okay with us as we are Uh, we're broken and we've got all kinds of wrong thinking but he is absolutely in love with us and he's okay with how we are because he knows we're going to move forward in him and in moving forward it's just simply a yielding to his kindness to his goodness his mercy his grace and um it's, it's like when a mother picks up her newborn and they're getting to know each other. They smell each other, they see each other, they feel each other's warmth, their skin, and you know, they begin to have fun with each other. And the baby is not feeling condemned about, oh, I can't walk, I can't talk. It has nothing to do with that. It's just them getting to know each other. And the mother's response, the mother's response in this affection is that she is she's in that place where she's connecting with her child. And there's a point when there is the milk that drops down. And the mother is ready to provide. The mother is ready to feed. And that's how the father's heart is towards us. He's like, don't try to be perfect. Just be who you are. Let's get our presence, let's get our souls connected. And in that, that is where my provision, my nourishment comes. It's not in you trying harder, not in you trying to be better. Just connect with me and understand that I am where your nourishment and your provision come from. The Lord's body broken for our healing it says in Romans 5 Romans 5 8 that while we were still sinners he came and died for us on the cross his body that was broken for us to provide for healing for us it says we were healed by his stripes we were healed healing has been given 
And anybody that's faced any kind of health problem or crisis knows that sometimes when you pray, you pray once, maybe twice, and that health problem is over. Sometimes it takes more. We don't know why. But if it says it in the word, I'm fighting for it. It's kind of like swimming. Has anybody ever gone swimming? Swimming is a fight against the water to keep from overtaking you, from overcoming you. The water, we can't breathe in it. So if we're swimming and we just give up, we drown. So when we swim, it is a fight. And that's the way I look at our healing. Yes, we may go through some health crisis, but it says in the word, we were given healing. His body that was broken for us. So I'm swimming, I'm fighting for it, whatever it may be anything that comes along just know that it was provided and we are swimming towards that full healing so Jesus we thank you for your body that was broken for us and we say over our bodies that our bodies our DNA is intertwined with your DNA we take in your DNA from your body that becomes our body because as you are in heaven, so are we here on this earth. We thank you that you were broken for us and we accept your healing. We accept the benefits of it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus, we do just wanna thank you. We just acknowledge we come to your banqueting table of your full provision for our bodies our minds our hearts our souls and we thank you for that you have offered cleansing for our just for our brokenness and that you have provided perfection for us thank you Because of the blood, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That means there are no barriers between us and Father God. There are none other than what we put there. So if you're finding yourself with a barrier, ask the Lord, Lord, what is this barrier that I've put between me and you? And he'll show it to you because he wants, he wants to see you face to face. Amen. Thank you, Lord. More of you, Lord. That's what we want. We want more of you, Father, and less of us. We want more of you than the world showing in us and out of us, Lord. Father, we just want you. We want to walk your walk. We want to talk your talk, Lord. We just want to have the world look at us and not see us, but see you. See something different and ask, what is it about you? What is it about you, Marilyn, Mary, John, Forrest? What is it? What is it that makes you so different? And beloved, I, I believe this is a new season. I, I just have just been waiting on the Lord and, and just watching doors open. And I, I'm a signs and wonders girl, and I believe that there are signs given that make some people wonder, what does that mean? And then there are signs and wonders for those of us that know when we go, wow. Well, when I felt like it was a new season, I'm one of those that I want to know that I know that I know that I know, because when I was in the flesh, I did and I did and I did and I did until I either hit the wall or made dumb decisions. So I don't jump easily in front of whatever I think is coming. And I always say, Lord, I want a sign. And so a couple weeks ago, I realized that I had bitten these two fingernails down to a pulp. You can't even hardly see anything there. 
Now that was my old MO. That was from abuse as a child. I bit my fingernails down to the quick, but I have long, firm fingernails and I don't bite them. And all of a sudden I realized, huh, okay, Lord, so what's this about? Because I didn't bite them all. And I thought, when was the last time I really bit my fingernails? Like, mm, got serious. And you know what it was? I was in the hospital giving birth to my beautiful 34-year-old daughter. Get the connection? New birth, daughter, that's me. And new season. And there are signs that will happen with you and through you, Marilyn, that are going to make people wonder. And there will be signs and wonders coming through you that are going to take a believer to the next level. Why? Because I'm special? No. Like you, I just want more of him. I want to surrender it all. I want to cry sweet tears. I want the healings. I want to just be the bride of Christ. As spotless as I can be, as gorgeous as I can be, as truthful as I can be, I want his joy in me. I want to enjoy what he's doing, but I'm also willing to pay the price of whatever it is to go to the next level. So I want to challenge you, because I got challenged back there. And I didn't believe then, and I don't believe now. It was just for me. So I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. And here's what he said to me that I'm going to offer out to you. This is not a have-to of any sort, because nobody else is looking at anybody else. The vision is this way, not this way, okay? But I want you to close your eyes. And as he said to me, Marilyn, will you see a door in front of you? Will you put your hand on that doorknob? And if you really are honestly saying you want more of me, would you put your hand on that doorknob, turn it, push the door open, and walk through it? And I said, yes, Lord, I will. So now in Jesus' name, that challenge comes to you. If you will wantingly do that, willingly do that, out of love for him, put your hand on the doorknob, turn it, open the door, and just take a step in and say, yes, Lord, I'm walking into this new season with you to be about your business, not my business, to answer your calling, to fulfill my destiny in you. So, Father, you see, you seal, you love and you bless each one of us no matter what we just did because it is a season for things to occur that are not the same for every person. So, Father, we just say thank you. Thank you for the exchange at the cross, and thank you now for this day of joyful living in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, ministry team, who's got a word for the body today? Come on up. I see Nyra's coming up. I see prophetic painting happening over there. I'm loving that. You said some key words which uh, God has been speaking to me about during the worship time there, about the bride. And, uh, you know, I think in the, the seasons ahead, we're going to get greater insight into who this awesome person is. Uh, the bride of Christ, because uh, Paul says, I betrothed you to one husband, that, that to Christ I might present you as a, a pure, holy, chaste virgin. Now, as I was, uh, I'll, the, the thought that came to me, and it, and it was triggered by what we were cons talking about, about the womb. Maybe I'll get it out from front of that there. Okay. <clears throat> little feedback going on there. We all need feedback though, don't we? Yes. <laughs> but it was about the womb. You know, if you think about a bride, she's got a womb, hasn't she? Right? The womb of the, the bride of Christ. What's that about? And in the natural, the miracle that, that uh, happens when, when the eggs that come from ovaries 
right? It's a miracle that they get from ovaries. Do you realize this? A miracle that they get from ovaries into the womb, right? And what was the term that you used about the, the word implanted in the Greek? The seed, yes, the sperma, the seed being implanted. God, our, our heavenly husband, uh, wants uh, this type of relationship with us which is fruitful. And so I'm, I'm calling forth uh, the, the eggs, as it were, those things, that which has the capacity to, to be uh, touched by the, the sperma of, of our heavenly husband, Jesus, to produce in us, in this fellowship, not some formula, right? Not some, you know, um, what, what, like, a, like in a laboratory, you know, created artificially, right? But rather that which is birthed, born, seeded, I've gone backwards there, seeded, birthed, formed, birthed in him, right? And I think this is a word for today in terms of that which is, uh, you know, God wants to do in our lives. It's not up to us. It'll be a miracle that it happens. Now, we're not going to get it right enough to get it right, it's going to be as God brings it to birth. You know, not a formula, but Him. Thank you. Thank you. Center yourself. I was thinking as you were speaking that, that um, as you're saying, impregnated and, and not by anything that we do or that we can do. But once that takes place, then God takes over and develops it and makes it vital, and then we give birth to it. So, yeah, that was awesome. It was a good word that resonated with me. Um, we had, uh, Marilyn and I were at a wedding yesterday, which was a dedication of a young woman to um, her marriage with Jesus Christ. And there was an individual we know there who blew the shofar. And I don't know if you recall, but there were several, it's several months back, um, I just felt like I heard the shofar over this church. And so we invited her um, to come and blow the shofar. And for whatever reason, she wasn't able to be here today. But uh, the Lord spoke to me on the way here. And there's many um, things that the shofar signifies. But I think right now for over our church, um, one thing is it announces and proclaims his kingship and proclaims his sovereignty. It announces and proclaims its love. It announces and proclaims the fulfillment of prophecy. But it invades the very atmosphere when it's blown. It invades the very atmosphere when it's blown. It cuts through the natural. It's a call to action. It's a call to rise up. It's a call to hearken. Hearken our ears. Hearken our heart. Hearken our spirit. To move forward with him as our standard, as our banner. And it's a reminder that we walk in triumph and victories through the power that we have in him. So I say today to hear the shofar, though it's not here in the spirit, you can hear it calling. A couple nights ago, I guess mornings ago, I, I had a very clear dream um, that I think it was significant. You were saying it was between the two Jewish holidays because I feel I, you know, now I'm getting understanding. Well, I've been getting more understanding as I was meditating on it and asking Holy Spirit to interpret this dream for me. But without going into great detail, um, what I saw is um, I saw us in a church service with it was actually with some uh, Hispanic people as a Hispanic couple that had invited us to stay with them. They had three sons. And um, so beautiful worship, presence of the Lord, service ended. And then we went to their home. And while I was there, uh, the wife offered me a change of clothing, you know, put on a different shirt and a necklace to go with it. And I had a necklace on previously. And she said, well, here, you know, I want you to, you know, go ahead and put this on. So, I, okay. Uh, you know, so I put it on. But I was still holding uh, the previous necklace that I had. And um, in the dream, so we started heading back to the church. We were going in for another service. 
Only this time, it was, a, it was waves that carried us. We weren't walking any longer. These big tsunami-type waves just came in all. And we were very close to the top. All we had to do is swim up to the top just a little bit. And the wave carried us. And then we'd go down, and all of a sudden, another wave would come, and it would carry us. I saw, like, three waves carrying us. And no one was worried about it. But I realized in my hand, I was still holding the previous necklace from before. I was hanging on to it. And uh, one of the young men in, in this family came, uh, came beside me and says, I'll take that necklace from you so you don't have to hang on to it any longer. And he says, I'll, take, I'll care for it. You know, I'll, I'll put it in a safe place. You don't have to worry about it. So I released that old necklace. And then as all of a sudden, we were all landed in this village heading towards the church that we had just come from. But this time, there was something very different about all of us. You know, We, we began singing in the spirit and it was a very it was a low sound it wasn't loud it wasn't dancing it was this very low sound of just worshiping the lord and we were walking through this village everybody was just spread out and we we just started singing together the same song and you know it was it was a new song and the song and the in, it just increased and increased as we were as we were moving closer to the church um Anyway, it's, it was again. It was like waves. Like well, we were carried by waves, and we were singing in waves. And I just felt like um, the Lord was saying, "How we have gathered before in the past has come to an end, and He and He is giving us new garments to put on, and even the treasured graces that we had in the previous season, the grace that He's shown us, the His favor. Yes, they're beautiful." But we're in a new season. And in order to reach forward to that which is new, we have to let go of that which is old. You let go of those things from previous season to ride the wave of this new season. And, yeah, and how, how we are going to interact as a body is going to be completely different, led by the Spirit. Not, and, and it's going to have an effect outside of the, the, oh, the village. Oh, I met, forgot to mention there was no one in the village. It was completely, everybody was already gathered. And there was another part to it I actually saw. Um, before we gathered, there was a cloud that appeared that looked like almost like a, the wings of a plane. And embedded in it were uh, angelic beings. And I could see their faces underneath. And it came in to where the church was. And they stepped out and then just looked like people and just intermixed in the crowd, uh, but there were 40 of them. And I looked up 40. 40 has to do with the end of one era moving into another era. So 40 of these angelic beings were in our midst. So anyway, and I just felt like this is, this is what's happening here. This is what God's doing. Did you say you had that all while we were worshiping, or was that a dream? I, I had the dream um, t not last night, the night before, but the Holy Spirit's been unpacking it and getting the understanding of how this was describing the church, the waves. I just, all of a sudden, he was giving me understanding during the worship. Okay. I wasn't going to mention this, but since Mary um, gave us her dream about the waves, when the last song came on, Give Me Jesus, I, I laid down on the rug back there because I just felt I needed to do that. I felt overcome, something was coming. And as I went in with him deeper, I was in a field. It was a, like a golden field of grain. And it, it was, I was riding the wave. I was laying there, and the field was just, it was waves. And it was restful, and it was peaceful, and it was beautiful, and there was joy and excitement. But yet it was restful at the same time. It was sustaining but I realized as I'm, as I'm contemplating him in this experience, and I realized the waves are waves of worship that are overcoming, overcoming me. So just wanted to share that. I wasn't going to share it, but since you brought the waves. <laughs> That's interesting because during worship, <laughs> I was on this river. <laughs> 
And it was just like relaxing and just kind of like, Hoo-hoo. and even came to the where it's going to drop off. And it just, it was just no fear. It just was so relaxing. And then a path in the same thing, but you could see like almost like an angelic force on either side. And, but going down this path at a steady pace and just feeling so peaceful. So interesting. <laughs> Don't want to cut against the flow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I was born to live in a supernatural experience. Before I got saved, I my church experience, I was made to go to church with my family, as a little kid. Uh went to the Lutheran church in town and I learned doctrine, which is very helpful, because when I did come to know Jesus, when, when he confronted me in my living room, I knew who it was that I needed to surrender my life to. But before that time, I was, I was not willing to give up the pleasures of the world for an empty religion. So I pursued other stuff other forms of spirituality. I was on the dark side. But even in that darkness, he was pursuing me. He was, the hound of heaven was chasing me down. And I I know now that his intent was not to leave me disappointed. When he caught up with me and cornered me, and revealed his heart to me in my living room, and I knew I needed to surrender to him, he was preparing to show me and mark my life for a lifestyle of miracles. And the day each one of you in this room said yes to Jesus, the shofars began to blow. You were called to battle. You were called into the priesthood. From that day, you said yes to him. In my living room, the trumpet blasts of heaven were blasting over my life because I had crossed over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the Son of Jesus, into his kingdom, the Son of Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus our King. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures. This might be all we end up doing this morning. If you want to grab this at any point, just do it. Um, while we were worshiping and while you guys are sharing, Second Timothy 2, uh, verses, what verse was it? Give me just a minute and I'll find it. False teachers, there we go, 220. It says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter, from the common use things, will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. In other words, you are a vessel. You are a a jar of clay, another scripture says. In fact, I'm going to read that one too. And it's what you allow to come inside will be determining how you are used. You can be used for ignoble, ignoble purposes. That's how I learned it in the NIV. Ignoble, not noble purposes, ungodly purposes. But if you cleanse yourself of those things, and you set yourself apart into the master, you can be used by him for noble purposes. And he wants to fill you with his treasure. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says in verse, well, I'll just start at the beginning of the chapter. No, I'm not going to read all of that. Yeah, for God... Verse 6, for God who said, 
let the light shine out of darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have, these, we have this treasure in jars of clay. It's referring to you and me, our bodies. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. I was born for a supernatural lifestyle. The treasure of heaven that he has placed inside of me that I just read about, we have this treasure in jars of clay. You have treasure. That picture Isabel was painting reminded me of of a photo that uh, Teresa had shown us of the orbs that she caught on a, on a picture that had multiple colors inside of it. It was like kingdom gems inside of this little sphere while these intercessors were praying at the, at the gate of her city, Dallas, Oregon. And the Lord told her to go take a picture of them praying. And when she developed the picture, there were these little circle things at the bottom of the picture bursting up. And a gust of wind did blow through. I believe she, she was able to capture an angelic presence being released as they prayed and, and interceded. But that's what that reminded me of. And, and you and I carry the Holy Spirit inside of us. He is the treasure. The Holy Spirit is the treasure of heaven. And he doesn't want us just to keep that treasure hidden inside of us. He wants us to let that light, the light that shines in the face of Christ that I was reading about, he wants us to let our light shine. So as we allow him to remove those things that are not for noble purposes, the things that maybe it's not even a sin, maybe it's just something that's occupying space. Kind of like when you guys shared the word that time about prioritizing. We were challenged this week as we started schooling. It's just a couple videos to watch for the whole week, you know, two videos. You can listen to it or, or watch it. But man, the flesh just says, don't you just want to sit back and watch Netflix, though, instead? Don't you just want to kick back in the chair and chill and pop open one of those games on your phone and just waste a half hour or more? Those are things that are not for noble purposes. They're just, just common, common use. So I believe that God is preparing us. He is bringing us into a new season. It is, I believe it's a season of preparation. And I, I, I want to make sure that all of you in this little family know that just because you are not taking the schooling does not make you not a part of what God is doing, obviously. But as far as this family of this, this church called Legacy City Church goes... Every person in this room is vital, and those that aren't here today. Whether you're doing the schooling or you're just having pursuit after Jesus in your own time, it is all vital. And not one of us is going to miss out on what God has for us. There will be other seasons, other opportunities to, to press into those things if that's what your heart wants to do at that time. So I just want to make sure that none of you feel like, you know, you're on the outside of something. This is just extra. This is extra sharpening, extra tools that we're going after. And anything that I get and any of the other students get, we're going to share it with everybody. And it's going to benefit the whole house. I just thought I should mention that. So 
This is Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 says in verse 19, So then, as believers, as Christians, you are no longer strangers and aliens. Well, some of you might be aliens, I don't know. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. This is all about family. It's not about a country club membership. It's about family. Fellow citizens and saints with the saints and members of the household of God. We are all part of dad's family. Father God, King Jesus, our big brother. Built, and here's the key for us, and this has been a passion since day one and before that for, for us to build something that is going to last, to build something that is modeled after the heavenly blueprint that we feel God is giving us, that God is giving us in the scripture for all churches, actually. Verse 20, Ephesians 2.20, built on the foundation. How many of you know foundations are important? If the foundation's off, what's the building going to look like? Yeah, you put a ball on the floor and it's going to roll from one corner to the other. We lived in a house like that. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. He is the center of it all. When we talk about apostles and prophets, apostolic, prophetic stuff, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the center of it all. And it's his design that we would have an apostolic prophetic foundation. Jesus Christ is our chief apostle. Not only is he our chief cornerstone, he is our chief apostle. So we can, we can look at him and what he did in his ministry, and we could say with confidence, Jesus Christ is perfect theology, and everything I need to know about God and, and this, what I need for this life, I can find by studying the person of Jesus Christ. He is, the Bible says that he is our chief apostle, our great apostle. He came into this earth to bring heaven into earth. His kingdom invading this world. He wanted to build and establish the framework to usher in a heavenly realm into the earth. And that's why he taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth, just as it is in heaven. And he chose us to be followers of Jesus so that then we would become, like Jesus, an apostolic people. A people that build our lives around kingdom principles and establishing a framework that would welcome in kingdom perspectives, kingdom values, kingdom treasure into our lives and into our environment around us. Don't they call Jesus our prophet, priest, and king? Yeah, the woman at the well said, a prophet has spoken to me. He told me everything that I've ever done. She didn't want to mention what those things were, but yeah, he, he did. He called you out in love. And he is the prophet of all prophets. Even more than that, of course, he's not just a prophet, like some would say. He is the Son of God, of course. God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. 100% deity, 100% human flesh. It's amazing. But he came not just to prophesy, but give us a model that we could walk like he did. John chapter 14 says that the same works I do so you shall do also, because I am going to the Father. Even greater works than these will you also do. So we have something to aim ourselves at. The greater works. Modeling ourselves after Jesus. Being apostolically minded. Being prophetically minded. Seeing the heavenly blueprint and, and with, the, with the help of the Holy Spirit in us, establishing that atmosphere of his kingdom in our own lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our workplace. 
So it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. God just wants to structure our lives and place us in, together relationally and mentally, spiritually. He wants to line our lives up with his kingdom so that he can flood through us. He's left us in charge to release his kingdom. So I do believe that is a good word, that we are stepping into a new season, that there are new waves, that, that the things of the past, there are some things of the past that need to just be let go of. You know, we don't want to feed on dove droppings, right? Not, they're not tasty. Whoops. What was that? Oh, okay. I've, I've never wanted to try, so... So living a supernatural lifestyle and being a church that goes after the things that we see Jesus doing in the Bible, signs, wonders, miracles, multiplying the fish and the loaves, water into wine, and I don't think that was just grape juice, just saying, raising dead people, cleansing lepers. In the Old Testament, you touched the leper, you became unclean. In the New Testament, you touch the leper, and they become clean. Everywhere I go is a perfect health zone. I'm going to keep saying that in the, face of, in the face of sickness, even when I don't see the breakthrough. Who was saying that earlier about, David, was that you? About just keep going and going and pressing and pressing. Because we don't change our theology to fit our experience. Rather, we, we move our experience to line up with what the word of God says. So it is going to be messy. I love this scripture. I'm going to just read it. I've had to look it up because I've quoted it lots of times. Proverbs 14.4. Without oxen, the stable is clean. You don't have an ox in the stable. There's no poop. It's clean. It smells like hay, Maybe. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Oxes make messes. It's, it's got to be okay with us to make messes. If any of us find ourselves going into that, that old way of doing things where we just want to cut off everything that doesn't agree with our theology... I'm not talking about false teaching and heresy. I'm just, the way we do things, the way we're used to doing things. If, if we get too picky about the stables, we won't have increase. We're just going to have nice, tidy, clean stables. Yes, that's how I want my home. I, I want my homeschool children to be obedient and tidy and not make big messes. Amen. But in that place where we want to see increase, not only in our church, but in our families too, we have to have freedom. We have to have grace. We have to empower, just like you and I grow in the grace of God. Yes, grace is not a license to sin, but we are told that we grow in the grace of God. You don't have grace, you can't grow because without grace, the, min the minute you fail, you're out. The minute someone in this room fails, you're out. Well, I guess this place is going to shrink down even smaller. It's just going to be Tammy and I and then eventually just me. <laughs> oh, did you catch that? That was, that was wit. That was wit. Here, prophesy or something. <laughs> just made me think when you're talking about kids at home some you know 
Nora loves to draw and paint. Oscar loves to draw and color and all that. And those are messy times. They've got all their stuff all over the table. They've taken over. And they're having a ball. They're having a great time. And they're being creative. And that's kind of us with church. Like, we are going to make messes. People are going to make messes. But we got to teach them how to clean it up in love, you know? Let them, but we can't make them afraid of that. We don't want them to be, feel like they're going to get punished. So uh, here's a good example. Someone who's never been bold enough to come up and grab the microphone, but they feel their heart pounding away, and they're going to take a risk. And we're all like, yes, yes, someone that's been with us for a long time. You know, Kim's up here, and she's like, God showed me something. And I'm so scared to get speaking this thing here, even though it's just a piece of metal. And then we're like, yes, do it. And then she shares something. And it's like really good, but then there's something kind of weird off to the side of it. So what are we going to do? Say, Kim, that was just kind of weird, and so we don't receive it. You're not allowed to come up here anymore. Well, that would be the first and last time you ever got brave and shared something over the microphone probably, right? Yeah. But we want to make room for messes because God has, just like some of this is coming out of what we have learned this week, just... Just videos, you could probably YouTube the same videos. God has designed your body to process food and eliminate the waste, correct? If you don't eliminate waste, you're going to be very sick in a short time, correct? So just like food going into your body and you receiving the nutrients and growing and benefiting, you get rid of the waste in the same way when spiritual gifting and, and words are spoken, receive the nutrients and flush what doesn't fit. We just flush it. We get used to flushing. So if someone comes up, if, if someone felt like Mary's dream was just a little bit off, you know, maybe they found something in scripture that kind of contradicted something about waves. You know, I don't see waves in writing surfboarding in, in the Bible. Well, for you, just flush that. It's okay. Take the part that God was speaking to you. I think the whole word was good. But I'm just saying, you know how, th- how this can look. We want increase. We want to create an atmosphere of freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He's not afraid of messes, so neither should we. Doesn't mean we just bury our head in the sand when something really important comes up. Sometimes there is a place for instruction and correction, even rebuke. That'll be a challenge for me because I'm not a I'm not one that likes to rebuke. But if the Holy Spirit's on it, I will do it. I will I will confront if I have to. I'm not pointing at you guys. I'm just saying, speaking to myself. I'm making a declaration here. So we want increase. We want to see freedom. We want to activate our church into being a supernaturally minded people. God wants to add the super to your natural. You are not meant to look at life as just, that's just logical. That's just reality. No, God has not called you to be realistic. He's called us to be supernatural, to live as Jesus lived, to walk as Jesus walked, to be able to sleep in the middle of our storms, just like Jesus. Master, aren't you worried we're going to die? It's like, dang it, you guys, how long do I got to live with you? The Prince of Peace, the King of Love, yes, he got impatient with those guys. How long do I have to put up with this? He's <laughs> trying to get in a nap. Yeah. So let's look at that word from Teresa. I think it fits with what we're talking about. So she handed me this piece of paper when she left on the 15th, and she's like, I didn't have time. She's like, you can go through it and figure out if it's you know, something that fits for you guys, but she felt it was a word for our church. So I just wanted to share it together with you. And I do have, well, now I have nine copies on the table over there. So if someone really wants it and you want to um, grab a copy and just kind of read through it on your own, go for it. So let's go ahead and take a look at slides 26 through 30. So, you know, we call ourselves Legacy City Church. Legacy City 
was coined by Mayor Patty Lent and because of Bremerton's history and legacy. And she wanted to give that motto to our city. And when we heard that, it just it rang like a heavenly bell inside of us. Legacy, legacy. Jesus died on the cross to give us and rose from the dead to give us a heavenly legacy, an inheritance. Legacy means inheritance. And we want to go after all that Jesus paid for. We don't want to just get ourselves into heaven by the skin of our teeth and not see anything kingdom ever done in our lives. We want to see Jesus get the full reward of his suffering on the cross. So we want to press into what he opened up for us, what the scriptures give us permission to grab hold of and run into and to pull into, into our earth. There is a storehouse full of treasure that God has given us access to. So there is so much in a name. This church will hunger for the more of God, his wisdom and knowledge, a true inheritance sought by the nation of the Lord's kingdom, the kingdom of our living God. In your hunger, you will be satisfied. So drink long and take me in, says the Lord. My wisdom will protect you and guard your steps. The knowledge that I seal within your heart will carry you well and deliver you the joy of understanding. This walk in my passion, not sure if I had a typo there. We'll figure it out. This walk in my passion and take hold of my gifts I think it was this, walk in my passion and take hold of my gifts. Okay, I'll have to look at her paper again. I had to read her cursive, so it was, I know, Teresa, you listen to these podcasts occasionally, so we're making fun of your cursive. Anyway, um, yeah, so this, what did you say? Okay, this walk is, is my passion. I don't know about that either, but anyway, we'll just, we'll keep on going. We'll figure it out. This walk in my passion and take hold. Walk in my passion. Take hold of my gifts. I think that's what it meant. They are the fruit of the divine and they open the byways that call you my own. This is some deep stuff. On this, you will become the legacy of posterity. Future generations. Psalm 112.3. You will be known as my righteous your name will be a good name and greatly desired. Your robes will bear the emblems of holiness and the distinctive crest of divine grace. Compassion will be your signet and the mercy which I will impart will forever prevail. The strength of your voice will call life, not death, but life. And in the day of your declaration, you will be proved right. Your words will preserve and prevail and serve in the humanity of my righteous. I will bless you in the knowledge of the wise. It will reveal pure light that ushers the way of paths never before seen. Direction and instruction will flow from an upright posture, your posture, a posture of submission Sincerity and will, good fruit, impartiality, consideration, and divine peace. I am the Lord your God who wills your life to be prosperous and full of fruit. Drink of my ways and know that the blessing that follows is the turning of feet that carry the hearts of men to your door. I am the Lord he who watches over and guards the hearts and minds of men. Look to me always, and the legacy of your desire will prevail. Microphone drop. So why don't you guys stand up.
the king of the universe, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, whose kingdom has streets paved with transparent gold and everything is inlaid with gems and gates of pearl. If wealth makes you uncomfortable, you're not going to be very comfortable in heaven. Or you're not going to be very comfortable. Is that what I said? Yeah. And if you don't like worship, you're not going to like heaven either because it's full of worship 24-7. If you don't like the Holy Spirit's presence, you're not going to like heaven. We have been called as sons and daughters of God, redeemed from the curse of sin and death, brought into the kingdom of the son he loves, out of darkness into light. You are no longer your own. You have been bought with a price and you belong to Jesus. And he, he's not He's not a bully. He does not, he's not a domineering husband to the bride. He just wants to motivate us with his great love, his extravagant love. He wants us to, to grasp how high and how wide and deep and long is the love that he has for us. And to be filled with that love, to be filled with him. And he's, he's called us to take his hand and represent him in the earth as a representative, as a representation of Jesus, as someone who wants to mirror the likeness of God into the earth. It means that we have work to do. We probably should spend some time in his presence alone, ask him to search my heart, O Lord. Uh, Doug Addison said at the, at the end of his prophetic word, this is how I would encourage you to pray. Take communion every day if you can and pray on this scripture from Psalm, I think it's Psalm 51. Search me, O God, and know my heart and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So, Father, this morning or this afternoon, we just, we just take all of this information. We take what is of your spirit on words, and we just say, help us, God. Help us to discern. Help us to, to lay it all out. And we just ask you, what would be the first step for me personally? What would you have me do, Lord? I personally today, I just... Lay my life again at your feet in worship. I lay myself before you and I say, Jesus, I am all yours. I don't want to go back. I will never go back. I belong to you. And so have your way in me. Have your way. Let your kingdom, let your, your rule and your reign, let your will, your desires your heart, your dreams, let them overtake my heart and become my own. I welcome that today. We welcome that. We say we welcome your kingdom, the king's domain. We welcome your kingdom to come and invade our hearts and our minds, our bodies, everything about us, God. We just lay it before you again and we say, have your way. Whatever you want to, if you want to go after my Netflix, help me, Lord. If you want to go after my whiskey, help me, Lord. If you want to go after my not getting enough sleep and going to bed earlier, help me, God. Whatever it is, if you want to, Work on my temper when I'm driving in the car and traffic makes me mad. People make me mad. Help me, Lord. When my brother or sister is annoying me, help me be kind. Help me be patient. I'm speaking about my own kids, not, not you, Marilyn. <laughs> You're not annoying. You're fun. Help us as your sons and daughters to have fun in this life together. To not take ourselves so serious that we, get, we kill all the fun.
because we're so uptight and serious. Yeah, there might be a devil hiding behind every lampshade, but our God is bigger and we are not devil focused. We are Jesus focused. So we fix our eyes on you today, Jesus. We set our sights on you. I pray and I just declare and I, I, by faith I'm just going to release over everyone in this room expectation for heavenly encounters. In your quiet time, when you're with the Lord, you're going to go into a deeper place in the spirit. You're going to see and hear him more clearly. His word is going to come alive to you in ways that you've never tasted. You are going to taste it. You're going to taste and you're going to see just how good he is and how real he is. Thank you, Lord. I pray for fresh fire on every person in this room. Fire that stirs a passion for the name of Jesus in every life here. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.